0: It's just good to see you. God's grace, God's mercy, his peace, these are ours. They are ours through our Lord and our Savior, Jesus. We're going to look at this verse from Scripture today, from 2 Corinthians 5, verse 18. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Let's pray. Father in heaven, may these words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. You who are our strength and our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, we continue today with the the three-week series. Uh, Last week we looked at the fact that we are God's family. We are His family in this place. We're called to care for one another and and pray for one another, and, and, and serve one another, and honor one another. We're called to be committed to this family, just as we're called to be committed to the family that God has placed us in. And, and today we move to a, a, a different word uh, that also begins with the letter F. And let me just read again my, my granddaughter Sylvie's poem. And a little riddle here. This, this word even though it is the glue that holds this poem together, it's never mentioned. What's the word? We are family, a connection held together by God's love. Family is where you can be yourself without anyone judging you. Family is hope, holding each other up, singing together, and faith. Family is where you can come together and cry and feel connected in every possible way. It's more than just a group of people. Because these people have faith, hope, love, communion, and community. And the word that is at the heart and core of this family, but does not receive mention in this poem is forgiveness. forgiveness. Absolutely. And we need to talk about forgiveness because the question today is, how can we heal so that we can go forward in as strong a way possible as God's family in this place, to do the business that God gives us to do, which is to be reaching out with the good news of Jesus so that more and more people can learn about Him and know who He is and believe in Him as their Savior and share with us that gift of eternal life. And, yeah, it's it's in our forgiving one another as well as in our being forgiven that we will find healing. Now, let me share with you... uh, a personal story. This took place a long time ago. In fact, uh, almost 45 years ago. Okay. It was a Friday. It was the last day of classes at Concordia Seminary in St. Louis, uh, Missouri, where I was attending school. Not only was it the last day of classes. This was the very last class that I had. With this class would come to an end 20 years of academic training in order to become a pastor. All that was left for me was to go through the baccalaureate service and the graduation exercise. And after that, then Karen and I would pack our things and we would come back up to Minnesota so that I could be ordained at my home congregation, and then following that, we were going to head out to Estacada, Oregon, to Peace Lutheran Church, where I would be installed as their first full-time pastor. And so this was the last class. And I don't think I told you that after this last class, What my classmates and I planned to do is, we were going to go down to the local pub, and we were going to have a beer to celebrate. I never did get to have that beer. Because you see, at the end of that last class, as the professor was handing back the, the research paper that we had to write for that class, and he gave me my paper, and at the top of the paper I could see that an A had been scribbled out as the grade, and instead I had been given an I with the word incomplete behind the grade. And the professor proceeded to say not only my name but one other fellow's name. I'll just give the first name, Gary. He asked that we should stay after class and talk to him. I have to tell you this professor was none too happy with Gary or I. He thought he had caught us in some sort of academic hijinks, that we had pulled some funny stuff in terms of writing the papers we had presented. And so he informed us that we were going to receive an incomplete for his class, And because we had not completed his class, we had not completed the requirements for graduation. And we would not be allowed to graduate. We could walk through the baccalaureate service, we could walk through the graduation exercise, but when we did walk through, we would only receive an empty envelope, no diploma. And it would be announced prior to that that Gary and I would not be receiving our diplomas, we would not be graduating until we completed our coursework. And so it went. There were also many conversations later that day with this same professor. And I'll just simply say that he indicated he didn't think that I should even be considered to become a pastor in light of what he thought I had done. So now, fast forward 25 years, okay? And Karen and I are now back at the seminary. And we're walking around the campus, and the reason we're there is because our son Marty had chosen to become a pastor, and that's another story for another day. (laughs) And so we were walking around on this Saturday morning, walking around campus, and we were down by the field house. And I had been involved in sports at the SEM. I played some basketball. I was also an athletic trainer. And so that was kind of a special place for me. And you need to know that outside of the field house at Concordia Seminary, there's a place where the seminarians and professors could could wash their cars. Okay? For some reason, uh, Karen and and Marty and our two daughters decided that they were going to go into the field house and look at all the the pictures and see if they could find my picture there. And I decided that I was going to just walk around the outside of the field house. And as I walked around the outside of the field house, who did I run into there washing his car but that very same professor? I recognized him instantly. I went up to him and called him by name, and he looked at me he recognized me as well. And after the preliminary niceties of, hello, how are you? I said to him, Professor, and then I used his name. I won't disclose his name. Professor, do you remember what happened 25 years ago? And he looked at me and he said, Dave, I do. And I'm sorry. I need to ask your forgiveness the things I said about you, the action I took against you, those were wrong. You didn't deserve to be treated as I treated you. Will you forgive me? I had forgiven him a long time before that. But this in-person meeting, I will say I firmly believe Brought more healing for me and certainly for him because he had been carrying this for 25 years. There is healing in being forgiven, and there is healing in giving forgiveness. Now, I apologize for this lengthy story, but I believe you can relate to it because I firmly believe that there is at least one someone in your life who has wronged you and offended you and needs to be forgiven by you. I am also equally as certain that you are that somebody for someone. That you have wronged someone. That you have offended someone. And you need their forgiveness. And I also know this, and I've said it before, but it bears saying again, In that process of you forgiving, and in that process of you being forgiven, there will be healing. See that first and foremost in the forgiveness that God graciously extends to us. There is healing in that forgiveness, isn't there? As you hear Paul say in 1 Corinthians, God has reconciled us to himself in Christ. To reconcile that's a healing word, isn't it? It means things, the relationship has been put back together. It's restored, it's whole again. God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not counting their sins against them. But I think it's, e- it's even better said in Isaiah chapter 53, this connection between forgiveness and healing and being healed. Listen to these words. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him. And by his wounds we are healed. Those are my words. Those are God's words. By His wounds we are healed. And if you want to see what that healing looks like, read Luke chapter 15 and the parable of the prodigal son and, and see what healing looks like as you see the son welcomed back by his dad. Or, or go into Zacchaeus' dining room. You know, that wee little man, that sinner, And see it there as Jesus has made himself a guest in his home and is seated with him at his table. Or if you want to see the image of ultimate healing, look no further than the cross of Christ when he says to the penitent thief on his right, today you will be with me in paradise. The ultimate healing of being forgiven. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Now, as we we look at this, as we look at forgiving those who need to be forgiven by us, if we're going to be able to do this, we need to pay close attention to the wording that God's Holy Spirit gave to Paul when he wrote these words. All this is from God who reconciled us through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. We need to pay close attention to the wording. In fact, we need to pay close attention to just one word in the midst of all those words. And the word is this it's gave. Listen again. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. So so let me ask you this to to make the point. When God commands us to do something, is this how he does it, that he gives us just a part of it and then he expects us to take care of the rest of it? For example, the command in the Bible is, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. Now, in giving us that command, does God say, okay, I'll do part of this, but now, you need to do your part as well? Or does he give us all of what's needed in order to follow the command? He gives us the Spirit, doesn't he? Listen to this. No one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. And in Ephesians, it's simply said this way, Faith is the gift from God. It's not of works, lest anyone should boast. So when it comes to the command to believe, he gives us everything that we need to heed the command, doesn't he? so also it is with the command he gives us to forgive one another. The ministry of reconciliation says he gave us this ministry, which means that he will give us what we need. He will give us all that we need in order to be able to carry out this command. All we need to do is ask ask, and it will be given you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened unto you." So when it comes to our being forgiven, we need only ask, right? And He will provide. King David Ask God for all that's needed to be forgiven with these words. Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a right spirit within me. Give me that joy. Restore unto me the joy of your salvation. And when we ask for all that we need in order to be forgiven, he provides, doesn't he? So, also, when it comes to what I think is the harder part, forgiving. All we need to do is ask, and He will give us all that we need in order to carry out the command. Do you need the opportunity to be forgiving? Sometimes it takes 25 years before you're given the opportunity. I would encourage you, don't wait that long. Do you need the humility that is required in order to be forgiving? Do you need the strength that's needed in order to be forgiving? Just ask. Ask him. And he will give you all that is needed so that you can be forgiving and healing can take place in your heart as well as in the one who needs your forgiveness. Just ask, and he will give you the forgiveness that you need so that you can be healed. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as, in Christ, God forgave you. He will give you what is needed so you can carry out this ministry of reconciliation in the name of Christ and these acts of healing in Christ. And may the peace of God that passes all understanding keep our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen.